All right, so this morning we're going to be looking at the resurrection again. I think that this has been a common theme, and yes, I think we've just wrapped up Easter season, but I think there's something more going on, and so I want to highlight a few things. So before we get into all of that, let's pray, and then we'll dig into some text. Lord, I just thank you so much for this day. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the way that you're working inside of Gaspel Baptist Church, the things you're doing here. I pray that you would just be with this time and that you would, um, you would be speaking and that anything that I miss say or speak off of, I ask that you would just compl- quickly erase that from, uh, from the ear, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. Um, on Easter Sunday, I was scrolling through Twitter, and I really, really enjoy Twitter, that social media platform. Others, eh, not so much, but I really enjoy Twitter. What I like about it is I'm able to kind of curate a list of people and things that I'm interested in and, and kind of see what's going on. One thing that struck me, though, on Easter Sunday, and not just because it was Easter, so we're going to talk about church or we're going to talk about Easter or the resurrection, but there was a continual um, theme in all, a lot of the tweets that I was seeing that had to do with the veracity or the truthfulness of the resurrection. What was interesting, most interesting about this is I follow a lot of very conservative uh, Baptist or very conservative um, denominational church leaders, but I also follow some others that are a little bit more left of center, um, still believe in the core tenets of scripture, but may apply that a little bit differently than I do, may have some varying ideas that I don't agree with. But even those people that I would classify as left of center were also speaking up about the importance of the reality of the resurrection. I think part of this was in response to a seminary president, the president of Union Seminary, wrote an article in it for a magazine or a newspaper that basically stated that she didn't believe in the legitimacy of the resurrection, didn't believe in miracles, didn't believe in some other things that we hold to as core tenets of the Christian faith, um, yet she saw the importance of the, the message of love and the message of hope and the message of peace uh, in the New Testament accounts. Um, what I want to show you all today in 1 Corinthians 15 is the importance of the resurrection, not just for what we believe, but also for how we live our lives in the everyday. I thought it was very, very interesting that people that from a wide variety of backgrounds are still speaking to the importance of the resurrection. I think that we are going to be entering, we already are in, but we're going to be entering into even more so a time that there are going to be people that claim to be Christians, claim to be Christ followers, that are going to have different takes on core doctrines of what we as Christians have historically believed. And so it is important to know what it is that we believe and why we believe that. And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to read quite a bit of it. We're going to look at verses 12 through 28. This evening, we're going to follow up with 29 through 34, um, and it will be short. I had a student on Wednesday night say, oh, you're preaching, so it'll be short. It'll be short. (laughs) So we're going to start in verse 12 of chapter 15. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead... How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because he testified about, because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. 
For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ, the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. Uh, Sometimes Paul can be a little wordy and he can say the same thing uh, three or four different times. Um, So I would encourage you, Read this text again this, sometime this week and just spend some time. Uh, Paul can sometimes be very, very uh, confusing. But so today we're going to look at the importance of the resurrection, uh, the resurrection of Christ. And so in Hebrews, it records that, that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. But I want to argue that the resurrection is the foundation of the Christian faith. And so first off, we see that resurrection is the key. It's not just Jesus' good works or Jesus' good sermons, or Jesus' miracles that Paul appeals to. Though I believe that those types of things, um, redemption, reconciliation, socially aware, justice, missions, I think those are a piece of um, the Christian faith. Those are not the Christian faith. Because if that was, then Paul would have said, hey, the, we see, have seen that Jesus that died uh, may or may not have risen again. We, we've seen him do some really cool things. So we can rest on those cool things. But that's not what Paul argues uh, towards. Paul argues that it is important to recognize that the resurrection is necessary. Because without the resurrection, we are still dead in our sins. Oftentimes we look at the cross as the opportunity for us to be cleansed, the opportunity for us to be made right with God, and then we see the resurrection as this opportunity to have power over sin and power over death. But those two things are linked. Those, both of those things had to happen for true salvation, for true, true biblical salvation to happen in our individual lives. And so that is very, very important. If the resurrection was not real, then all of our works, all of our preaching, all of our teaching is in vain. We'll see tonight that there's a little bit more that Paul even encourages the church at Corinth even more so. Hey, since we know that the resurrection is real, since we know that this has happened, let's, let us lay it all on the line for the gospel message. The next thing that we see in here is, is kind of a long view. Oftentimes in church circles and in churches, they, they kind of look at like a six-month plan. How can we get more people in our church? How can we get more people to be aware of what we're doing? How can we be more focused on the community around us? But um, in just in a short period, but we got to realize that there is a, a long picture. This isn't just a short thing that we can just quickly apply the resurrection patch to, to the community, to our world, and everything's going to be okay. But in the end, we see as this is recorded that at one point, 
God will be over all. Everything will be subjected to him. And this is an exciting, exciting thing. Um, and so we have the ability and we have the encouragement to, to do all that we can, all that we need to, to share not just social justice, not just good works in the community, but to share the message of the resurrection. Amen. One thing that I want to highlight in um, verse 15, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. I want to encourage you. Yes, when you're in a, a, a gospel conversation, um, the Holy Spirit will provide the opportunity, provide words, provide scripture references that you haven't seen in six months. Those things will happen. But I also don't want to allow that to be a discouragement to, to studying scripture deeply, to studying theology deeply, and studying doctrine deeply. We must be mindful and engaged we don't need to just wait around for, oh, everything is just going to fall into place when we have those opportunities. Because we are entering into a world that is going to be completely opposed to a lot of what we have to say. And so it's not that we have to come up with fancy arguments to win them over mentally. But we need to be able to speak from an educated, intellectual manner, an intellectual way and say, this is what Scripture says. Yes, Scripture may disagree with what the world teaches. I actually just had to have this conversation um, on Wednesday night with the students. We're going to be digging into some pretty heavy issues regarding sexuality and identity. And so I'm going to be saying things that Scripture says, and that's not real popular and not real, um, that's not a thing that the world sees as like, oh yeah, I agree with all that. And so we have to rest on something. We have to rely on something, and, and that is the Word of God. That's what we believe. So I want to encourage you. Um, be mindful, be engaged, learn about what's going on in the larger world, but also be deeply rooted in scripture, deeply rooted in theology. The last point, the resurrection has started something. I've said this before, but we live in a now but not yet uh, reality. Christ is risen, God is in charge, but sometimes we don't see that. We still get to experience the, the, the ramifications of Genesis 3, the fall. We still see death. We still see suffering. We still see pain, and we're very familiar with that. But this isn't the end. This is as bad as it gets for believers as opposed to being as good as it gets. And that is a very, very encouraging, encouraging message. Uh, we have on the other side of this eternal rest offered to us. In the book of Hebrews, there's, there's a lot of discussion about the importance of a Sabbath, not just uh, our weekly Sabbath, but, but just the importance of rest. And we get to be a part of rest that is real and rest that is true. Not in this lifetime necessarily, but at the end of all of this, we get to be a part of something much, much bigger, much, much better. I'm not much of a superhero movie fan, don't read a lot of comics. Um, I did get to go see Endgame. One of my friends uh, went to go see it, and I'm not going to spoil it, Caden, so don't. You can breathe easy. <laughs> um, but as I was watching this, I was just overwhelmed with the bleakness of this story. And people are excited about the story, and it's a pretty cool story, I, I, I think. But the, the, the line that is repeated often in the movie is, whatever it takes because they're trying to get their friends back or 
whatever. I'm sorry. I was very out of it. I didn't know what was going on. It was a good movie, though. I would encourage you, if you enjoy superhero movies, go see it. But as I was watching this movie, I was reminded of the Christian reality. Though we may look around and we see darkness, we see um, hate, we see um, people that are very, very opposed to the Christian message, we must realize that it's not about whatever it takes on our end. God's already done all the hard work, and we just get to be a part of that, and we get to walk in that. And so the resurrection message is not just a good story. The resurrection is not just some story of how much a deity loves us or the hope that is provided or found in, in death and springtime. This is a real thing that has real ramifications for our everyday life. And so as we begin to wrap up, first off, There may be some of you in here that have never had that opportunity to begin that relationship with Christ. You have never really truly um, said, yeah, the work that Christ did on the cross, his death, his resurrection, that is sufficient for my sins, that is sufficient for my life. And I want to encourage you, if you have never had that relationship with God, you've never began that relationship with God, I'd love to talk to you after this message. But then I also think that there's some of us that, that have already believed that message, but we see the resurrection message as kind of like an Easter thing. We see the resurrection message as like, well, this is part of the gospel, but it's just kind of like a, it's a thing, and we kind of quickly move on. But the resurrection, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, is that it is a key piece to all of our faith. It not only provides us the motivation and the ability to do something in this world, to, to follow, to seek more God's kingdom, to share the good news, but it also provides us with the ability to, um, to have something that we can hope for and long for. We know that this is, this is not the end. This is, only, uh, this is as bad as it gets. And so there's more to that. So I want to encourage you, if you want to spend some time at the, at the altar this morning and just ask God to make the resurrection even more known, more real to you, I encourage you to do that. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for... I thank you for your word. I thank you for your model. I thank you for your ability to to sustain us and and to, to grow us here on this earth. But then also, I thank you for the promise of eternal rest. In Jesus' name, amen.